Welcome back, everybody. I am Matthew Vega Sands, your host for AI Pioneers Insurance Edition. And today we have a super special guest, Alexis Gutierrez, who is also a Miami native and another agency owner that happens to finally be within reach of my age. Um, Alexis, thank you so much for for having for for joining. Um, I know you're a busy woman and you have a growing agency, so we're super appreciative you took the time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Hopefully, I can shed some light and value in the industry. Yeah. So for for everybody that's listening at home, you can't see it, but um, what do you call this? Alexis is much younger than most of the agency owners that we're going to be talking to. And I hate to bring age into the topic of discussion, but it's such a unique, she has such a unique story that I do think is quite inspiring that a lot of people are going to be able to resonate with. And I think one of the things that I'm always telling young people is startups and the world of technology is not the only industry or the only part of the world where you can build a thriving business as a person in your twenties, as a person who maybe doesn't have the most experience in that particular industry. And Alexis is a perfect example of that. She's overcome God knows how many obstacles in starting her own agencies, grown it to be a multi-million dollar agency in just a number of years. And she got started into this industry with no industry experience, no contacts or anything like that. And so Alexis would love, would love, would love if you can share with the listeners how it was that you got into this wonky world of insurance. Oh my gosh, such a loaded question for all these insurance agents, but uh, again, thank you so much for having me, Matt. I'm super stoked and excited about this. I love sharing my story for that same reason because I'm young and I feel like so many young professionals out there should be taking advantage of this industry. It's one of the biggest industries on the planet and it's forever giving. Uh, so it's definitely an abundant uh, career path and you can definitely build a very nice lucrative career from it. Um, everybody's a customer around you. Everyone needs insurance. Everyone has a car, if not a house or a business, life, health insurance. It's it's ever so referring. The referrals come easy with the industry. So back tracking to that question, how did I get into the insurance? Um, well, to say a little bit about myself, you mentioned age. I'm 29. Uh, I got introduced to the insurance industry 10 years ago. I was going to school like any average college student. You don't really know what you want to uh, specialize in or what you want to pursue as a career path. So I was studying uh, psychology and biology and my parents are in the medical field. I thought that was my route. I was like, okay, let's do this. I'm going to study medicine. I was then introduced by a family friend. She asked me, hey, I need some help filing. Can you come on to my office part time? Help me in the back with the filing cabinets, etc. And I said, sure, why not? Uh, Ten years passed, and I basically was dabbling in other things in in my career. I did MLM, multi level marketing. I did a little bit of trading on the side, but insurance always brought me back to the office. For some reason, I was always back in the office, um, and I got licensed. I'm a people person. I loved transacting insurance. I loved client relation and experience. And uh, COVID came around, which was year 2020, and that's where I opened my office. Uh, but I don't know if I'm getting too ahead. I know you no, have no, more no, questions for me. Good. Did you um? Was it always on the personal side or on commercial side? Like, 
or um because now you do a little bit of both but yeah. was it early on was it always a combination of two or early on it was more leaning towards one it was always leaning towards uh pnc personal lines that's what i learned it's my specialty it's like my bread and butter uh i love to do it um so that's what i learned initially now my office it's a mix of the two so we do personal lines and commercial um and i've set already goals for 2024 it's like my personal commercial era is where i turned my book of business around and now it becomes more of a commercial so i'm stoked for that which do you have more fun in commercial yeah commercial definitely because the the details of the conversation with commercial clients and businesses it's so much fun it literally it lights me up it have you done anything on the non-admitted lines i have the non-admitted is it's an experience to say the least um i got my start on the non-admitted lines for for those of you listening who maybe have not heard the story my brother and i started the first company that let 18 year olds rent cars from other 18 year olds um it was called lula rides and one of the funny things there is when we first got started all the insurance brokers we tried to pitch thought it was the stupidest idea ever so they're like we're not going to waste our time doing this there's not an insurance company that's going to say yes to it and even if we do find one that says yes you guys don't have any money so you're not going to pay the minimum earned premium and so my brother and i had to learn how to represent ourselves and that's how eight years ago I got into the wonky world of non-admitted products, and uh, and I've been there ever since. Um, what was I gonna say when you were when you were coming up? What were the ways that that you started to learn about the industry? Um, mm -hmm. Because I know they have the courses online, but insurance is such it's such a nuanced, dense industry. There's so much information. It feels like no matter how much you learn you're barely making a dent into it. What was the way that you were leveling up your insurance knowledge? You gotta find that motivation within yourself to wanna grow and learn. Um, so that was my, my driving force. Uh, besides just the continuing education classes that we have to take because it's a requirement, if not you know, to keep that license, um, the associations help a lot. But even then, I remember I just joined the association no more than like three years ago. So it's very fresh for me. Prior to that, it was I was always asking questions. People would always tell me, Alexis, you have so many questions. Do you have any more? I was like, yes, I'm loaded with questions because I'm thirsty for knowledge. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the underwriters, once you form the, these relationships with the underwriters, with the MGAs and the carriers you work with, they will educate you. And if you can lock arms with an underwriter and you just have a question and you say, hey, I have this risk. I don't know how to quote it. I've never done anything like it. Let me know what I should ask. What are the questions? They will provide you the knowledge because you want to close that business. Yeah. So you got to be a curious cat. You got to be asking those questions. Yeah. One of the things we always talk about here at Lula is that asking questions and asking for help is is such an important skill. Like when people yeah. think about being an entrepreneur or starting your own business, they typically think of, oh, I have to be really great at sales. I have to be really great at negotiation or technology or product. And I think one of the skill sets that most people don't look at very often, especially early on in their career, is the skill set of asking for help. Like asking for help is one of the greatest strengths that you can have. And I think it also shows, I think it's also something a lot of people develop respect for you for. It's like, hey, this person was able to put their guard down. They're able to put their ego aside and they were they were willing to ask a question, even if they were afraid 
it might come off as dumb. And I think most people are surprised to know that people like having questions asked to them. They like feeling like they're doing their good deed of the day. And so that's been like one of the big skill sets that my brother and I have seen on our side has really allowed us to, to learn, like you would say, super quickly relative to, to everybody else. Yep, definitely. What's important to know is important to ask. And in insurance, every little detail is so important. Um, and I've been in, I've been doing this for 10 years already, but I know that I still don't know so much out there. So I'm always, it's a it's an evolving process and you have to love it. You do, you have to, to have fun. Yeah, there's a great quote I read not too long ago. It went something along the lines, I'm about to butcher it, but it's like, the more I learned, the, the less I realized, or I guess the more I realized I didn't know. Um, and it's so true when you, when you see everything that's going on out there. One of the, one of the other questions that I, that I had for you is you've now been in the industry for 10 years. Matt, I'm not sure if you can hear me, but you froze. Okay. We were talking about that it was still recording, but I don't know. I don't know. It's all good. Um, what did I say? It's like one of the cool things about this, um, about this particular tool is it edits out like all those moments of like more than five seconds of silence. And so, um, okay. yeah, thank God for that. Save me a bunch of effort. Oh, but I remember when we were, we were talking about, um, how asking for help is a skill set, And a lot of times young people, when they're getting into a new industry like this, it's like, they don't want to ask for help because they don't want to seem come off as a burden or they don't want to necessarily seem as like, not uh be, not knowing or not being knowledgeable because they might see that as a weakness and in reality i see it as a strength like we we hire we two years ago we were just my brother and i and we earlier this year surpassed 100 people and i remember oftentimes people would just not ask for help when they or when they came on and it became a pretty common theme and but we made a lot of mistakes because of that and we had to start making sure that we encourage people to ask questions, even if they thought the questions might be stupid. And um, it ended up being way better for us. And, and so we even try to instill that in people from a young, like from when they starting on is like, hey, it's actually a strength to ask for help. And it's a skill set too. And you see, you clean your, you clearly seem to have yeah, it. it. It definitely is. We can only go so far on our own. Um, and if we ask questions, it, it fosters collaboration with other people and it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you can't ask a question to your competitor. Maybe your competitor is the most qualified to answer that question because they've been there before with the issue you're trying to resolve. Um, also, I've always been a firm believer of you don't get what you don't ask for. So if you're not asking questions, you're not striving for that next level. How are you going to grow? You know, so questions is you have to ask questions. And you have to leave the ego aside and the shame and the doubt. And literally you will grow so much by just asking questions. How do you feel your, uh, your psychology background has, has benefited you um, as, as, a, as a salesperson? So much. I get that question often. Um, in sales, you need to know psychology of sales. You need to know how people react emotionally to a sale. Um, versus logically or realistically. So you need to know how to speak to that person. And sometimes it's important to say things maybe last in a conversation as opposed to very upfront, because then you become standoffish to that customer or that client. So it helps 100% every day. Yeah, there's, um, there's a few things that we try to do too, like from a psychological perspective. And 
I think it helps a lot. Oh, you know, shoot. I think you froze. Oh, what is going on with this Wi-Fi? Um, all right. It looks like, am I still frozen? No, I can hear you and you're moving. It's just, it's coming in and out for some reason. We had a fire drill like an hour and a half ago. I don't know if something there is causing it, but we'll, we'll bear with it during editing. Um, okay. All right. Cool. Anyway, to get back into it. Yeah. I mean, that I think there's, that it's one of the big things people don't realize there's a lot of random things that you can study that are going to help you be super successful in insurance and they're not obvious psychology being one of them it's such a sales heavy business and insurance is also one of those things it's such a trust heavy business like there's certain products you can buy that it's literally just let me look at it from a financial perspective insurance is one of those things where it's so trust sometimes buying the higher premium or the higher higher price policy doesn't make sense but because you're able to trust your insurance provider you end up going with it and so the psychology is so important in building that trust. Um, one of the... Uh, yep. It's, it's crucial. Yeah. So one of the, one of the questions that was unique on... Uh, uh, am I freezing again? I'll take that. As I don't see you. I'm, I'm looking at a black screen. <laughs> God. I don't know if you can tell in my face. Like, I don't, I don't see you at all. I'm going to try to switch Wi-Fi one last time. Let's see if it works. Okay. All right, this should work. We're now on the better Wi-Fi. Um, we'll jump in. We'll jump into the fun questions now. Um, so one of the, one of so one of the one of the things that a lot of people here are wondering, especially on the the listener side of things, is how are you as an agency owner thinking about AI? Um, and a second question to that is how do you evaluate new emerging technologies? Because I feel like there's a new technology every year people get overhyped about, and so I'm curious how you you go about evaluating those technologies to see if they're hype or not. Yeah. So you asked me at first, what's kind of like my take on IA, what, what my stance is on. I love it. I think it's human empowerment and enablement. Uh, it's, it's allowing us agency owners for a greater client experience in the office. And it goes back to that trust that we were talking about with a greater client experience, we have increased loyalty in the customers. And when you have customers that are loyal to you, it opens opportunities to upsell products, to add additional revenue. This makes them less sensitive to pricing and then also less influence to the competitor. And in Miami and Florida, there's competitors in every corner that you look. There's an office or an insurance office in every corner. So how are you going to stand out? So for me, I feel like that's that's where IA comes in. It helps build that client experience to offer that more long term value to the insured. And you have to find the edge as an agency owner. How are you going to be irreplaceable? How are you going to be uh, remembered with that customer? IA helps you do that. 
So I'm super stoked for it. Going into 2024, I'm super stoked for it. How do I kind of uh, roll out which to to go for and you know, to test out and basically asking questions? What we just uh, spoke about, asking those that are highly uh, in the industry, those that have done very well in the industry, um, their experience. Yeah, and it's one of the interesting things about this whole this whole movement. It's you see a lot of agents having that anxiety that, oh man, this technology is going to replace me. Or if I, if I implement it into my business, my customers might see me as less accessible and me trying to essentially build, put a gap between us. And one of the things that I've, that we've noticed, I actually think this does the opposite. I think it makes you more available for your customers because now you won't be bogged down with those highly tedious, super repetitive tasks that take a lot of time. Now you can automate a lot of that stuff. So you can focus on the bigger ticket items. You can focus on the bigger problems and you can ultimately make yourself more accessible because now you have less mundane work to do. And so I think that's one of the things that I would really like for the overall insurance community to start realizing is this technology is not being built to replace you. It's being built to just help you level up as an agent, if you could handle 10 accounts on a daily basis before, well, this technology is being built so you can now handle 50, 15 or 20. Um, and so I think that's one thing that I hope this overall podcast does is, is let people realize that, hey, it's not here to replace you, it's it's here to help you. Yeah, like I mentioned, I feel like AI is, is going to enable us uh, to do more. It's gonna enhance us to do more. So I, I see where agents, have that doubt where is it going to replace me it could in some sense replace certain csrs it could do work that's more efficient but if that means that that replacement is going to bring you 10 more new accounts or higher value accounts is that a, a replacement that's worth going through i think it is um you know if we can condense a work week or a work day or eight hours into just a few hours with ia that increases more opportunity for higher value tasks or for you to be out there prospecting more, making more relationships. So it's definitely for me, it's enhancement, um, but when used correctly, of course, yeah. it's enhancement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think even just so like coming from a like being in Miami, in Miami, you have so many people that speak a multitude of different languages. Sometimes they just might feel more comfortable in another language. And I think, this also enables agencies to give them better experience. Sometimes you might have the best agent in the world and they might not speak Spanish, but now you can give them the tools to communicate in Spanish with their customers and still give them that incredible experience in, in different languages. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think the, the, there's so many opportunities for your business specifically, where do you see the biggest opportunities to, to implement it? Uh, I think quoting, Definitely, if we're not quoting as agents, what are we spending all our time on in the office? So we're quoting day in and day out. So if I can, if AI can help me quote efficiently, prepare proposals, um, reconcile reports within my agency management system, uh, that enables me to do more. So in that aspect and also marketing, which we touched upon earlier too. Definitely, if we're not promoting ourselves, nobody is. So then how else are you bringing in business to your office? So marketing, 100%. Yeah, 
Yeah. So for those of you um, listening, Alexis and I had a conversation prior to this call where we spoke about a lot of different uh, areas that we saw other agency owners using AI for their business already today. And one of the big areas that we saw was marketing. And so if you use something like ChatGPT or BART or one of those big incumbent tools, they do a phenomenal job of writing, just writing in general. So you can give them a prompt that's like, hey, write me a newsletter of 200 words for an audience of X, Y, and Z. Give it this style of tone and um, and write it for me. And it'll do it within seconds. And now there's another tool called Dolly 3 and another one called Mid Journey. And so historically, you might have needed a graphic designer to put together your uh, your graphics or your Facebook ads, or your social media ads, or for flyers. Now you put in the prompt and, and it'll do it within seconds. Like yesterday messing around, I put a prompt like, hey, draw me a basketball that has a flamingo as a left foot and an otter as a right foot. And sure enough, they came up with this ridiculous image, but it was super high resolution and high quality. And so we see a lot of agents that are doing uh, using AI from the marketing side. And there's a lot, a lot of tools that are super high quality and they're also free. That blows my mind. It blows my mind because as agents, we're in the office, we're trying to produce and bring in revenue. We're, we're not marketing experts. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to learn or take a marketing class to see how we can do Like, we don't have time for that. And time is money. So AI is a secret sauce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it, it ultimately is like having an entire workforce at the click of a button. Like the other day, I wrote 10 blog posts in like 20 minutes using it. And um, and so, yeah, so we, we use it all the time here at Lula, obviously. Um, we're developing some cool stuff on the AI, but... There's so many tools that we ourselves are using every day um, to help us. And I think the overall community can, can, can use it to help them as well. Alexis, I know you have a, I know you have a day job and a life. And so <laughs> we, uh, I'm super appreciative of the time that, that you've given us. And I'm sure the listeners will be too. Thank you so much for, for jumping on. And I, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a few people inspired by your story and who can take a few nuggets of wisdom. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. And for anyone that's listening, if you're interested in a career in insurance or you have more questions for me, uh, now that we spoke so much about questions, I'm open to those answers. And if you're in my shoes 10 years ago or you're looking to open up an office, reach out. Um, and more so if you're a woman for women empowerment. Uh, I'm really big on that. And thank you so much, Matt, for having me. Of course. I'll include her information in the show notes. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks.